This is Chasing Encounters, a podcast about stories, languages, cultures, and identities. We highlight diversity and intersectionality in contemporary society through respectful and thought-provoking conversations. All right, hello everybody. This is Yacid Ortega, Chasing Encounters, episode number eight. This is an episode in which today I'm here. So I decided to do one episode, sort of monologue, talking about something that I have been thinking for a while, especially now, uh, given the circumstances. So today I will be roughly will talking about the ideas of um, solidarity and the ideas of community and how all of these two ideas can be sort of uh, talk to each other, especially in these times, uncertain times, unprecedented times. So that's what I'm going to talk about. But the reason why I want to talk about this issue is obviously I, I always like to present my own personal stories, my own experiences, etc. So imagine that uh, a few weeks ago I was just sitting down at my desk and I started hearing some noises in the evening, like around 7.30 p.m. And it got me curious, where are these noises coming from? And I looked out uh, the window of uh, my apartment and I noticed that there were some people outside of their balconies, like banging on different pots and pans and chanting different kinds of things. So it got me curious about what this was about. I found it really fascinated because when one person started, then the other one followed, the other one followed. And then after a couple of minutes, you could see lots of people in their balconies just clanking and clanking and clanking. And I wonder what this means to people in general, right? So I decided to do my, my sort of research I realized that this was a part of a campaign that it was or it is still called Together We Can Do It campaign. So if you're still out there, you can still be participant of this campaign, which is a hashtag Together We Can Do It campaign. And it's related to how the Registered Nurses Association of Ontario here in Canada wants everyone to join in and actively show our support for health providers and other essential services in these uncertain times. You know, you read the news, they have become the heroes. They are at the front and center of these uh, pandemic times. So for a while ago, since March 19, 2020, at 7.30 p.m. sharp, local time, at least here in Toronto, and every day going forward until the fight against coronavirus is over, that we don't know when this is going to be over, but at least that's the suggestion. So you have to go out on the balcony or maybe the street or whatever and start banging it in solidarity for those who are at the front line. So that's when it got me thinking, the idea of solidarity. What does this mean? What is the idea of solidarity means? And... You know, some people have said that this immense spirit of human solidarity must become even more infectious than the virus itself. Dr. 
Tedros from the World Health Organization talks about this idea of solidarity being more infectious than the virus itself. Why? Why is it that solidarity has to be or it is more infectious than the virus itself? And then I will probably give you a few examples in a moment, but the very first example was around the same week in my neighborhood, I took several photographs of different windows of different apartments, and I noticed people were making signs on their windows in solidarity. So you would see in their windows signs saying, stay at home or stay strong, etc., etc., etc. There were other signs like in solidarity with the indigenous peoples and marginalized peoples in, in, in Canada, for example. There were others who were putting out flags of the United States or flags of Italy uh, and so on and so forth. And it got me thinking, in a sense, it is true that this idea of the spirit of human solidarity is becoming more infectious. It got me infected. So this solidarity spirit came to me and then I posted a sign on my window of my apartment building and I posted something different from what the others were posting. They posted always stay at home, stay strong, etc. But I posted something that it may or may not be funny to others out there. So I posted a poster that says, do yoga. So for those who know me or don't know me, I do a lot of meditation practices, sound healing, um, and I do yoga once in a while, and I have noticed how yoga and meditation has helped me to cope with um, a lot of these anxieties, a lot of these uh, uh, pressures to cope with all of these things and uncertainty. So I said to myself, why not posting something on my window to others outside can see and maybe be inspired, and why not do yoga or meditation? And, and if they don't do it, at least they, they can laugh a little bit about my sign on the window. It's so interesting because also the neighbor across from my building, they started putting uh, candles every night at 7 p.m. in the evening, three candles. And I got me thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to do the same thing. So it, it was contagious, this solidarity of, of being in support of others. I went right away. To the, to the dollar store and I bought a bunch of candles and since that moment on every day at seven o'clock before the pots and pans I, I light my candles and when I light my candles it means I'm hoping for a light at the end of the tunnel I'm hoping that everything's gonna be over sooner rather than later. But I also hope for folks out there who can see the candles, but also for myself and my family, relatives, friends, and community, that light keep us warm in these dark times. So going on with the idea of solidarity got me thinking, uh, what does this solidarity mean to me and to others? For me, it means the proximity or not of being with others who are also suffering at the same time. In these times, got me thinking, this coronavirus, this um, 
physical distancing, some people call it social distancing, but for me, it is more like a physical distancing because I still keep my relations with friends and relatives and families, even if they are far, far away, I still keep that that social aspect of my life, although it can be hard at some times, but... But I still keep it, so I don't call it social distancing, but I call call it uh, physical distancing. So it got me thinking: this social distancing or physical distancing is no other than an attack on physical, romantic relations and other types of personal relations with our communities and our families that are and have been rooted in our cultures mainly from the global south. Imagine the kisses and the hugs that you will give to your grandparents, your parents, friends, boyfriends, girlfriends, husbands, you name it. So let me give you an example. And I know some folks who are listening to this podcast may relate to me, especially those countries in the global south, in which one of the most important things is community. One of the most important things is touch and hug and kiss you know, like in South America, when you meet a friend, you always hug and kiss on the cheek. So this social distancing, this virus thing got me thinking, this is a terror attack against our own heritage. So I imagine what's going to happen in the future when all of this is over. Does this mean that we're going to end up hugging and kissing when I meet my friends, my relatives and my families? Or when you meet a new person, what is going to happen? So it got me anxious because the coronavirus is not only killing people and putting bodies down, but it's also erasing the core of our cultures of the global south. And the question to us is, are we going to allow this to happen is the government going to put a law against people hugging, kissing, etc.? What is going to happen? I don't have an answer. With an, I don't have an answer right now, but it got me really worried about this idea, this attack against our relations within our communities, especially in the global south. You know, I have been living in North America for a long time now, and... And, you know, one of the things that I felt was stripped down from me is that that idea of touching and caressing and hugging and giving a pat on the back to my friends and saying everything's going to be okay. And I'm fearful that this is going to happen in the future, that we won't be allowed to do this. So then it got me thinking again, moving on to the idea of what solidarity is, is now that we have these moments, is it when our friends, our folks from the global south, from the most marginalized communities, is when we get together to defend ourselves, to help each other. Just to give you an example, in Colombia and other places that I have heard, even in the community that I grew up, the gangs are in solidarity with the community saying, you need to remain in your houses because this is about us. We don't want to die today. So they are telling people to remain in the houses. 
and they are in solidarity. So it got me thinking, this is fascinating. Even the gangs, the gangs are, are, are being in solidarity. So in a sense, they stopped doing all the violence and the killing and the stealing from people to go back to the community and taking care of them by telling them how important it is to be safe at staying at home instead of going out. So I've been seeing a lot of uh, solidarity and then thinking of solidarity, it got me thinking of the work of Ruben Gastambide Fernandez at the University of Toronto, OISI, who has been working on on the and the conceptualizations of these um, these ideas for so long, right? And Ruben says, well, the concept of solidarity is often evoked within projects of the colonization. And he argues for the possibilities of relational, transitive, and creative solidarity, obviously as a strategy for recasting not only human relations, but also the very notion of what it means to be human as crucial for the colonization. So I don't want to go far to the colonization right now in this podcast today, but I want to talk about mainly about the idea, the last part, the idea when he says the very notion of what it means to be human. And it seems that solidarity, at least for now, is about we all humans coming together to support each other and help each other. Right. Interesting in Latin America and El Barrio, this act of solidarity has always been there. And for some reason, I have seen it is stronger in the communities, in the marginalized communities. Right. So I remember friends and relatives, the female neighbors, Las Comadres, you know, in Latin America, they all get together to fundraise money for a person who didn't have money. To, for the funeral of one of the, the people who have died in in the, in the neighborhood, you know. Even I remember when I was a child, when building houses and building the, the, the flat top, people would gather together on a Sunday the whole day, and then, well, some would cook, then the others would work really hard to put the bases and the columns and starting, you know, putting all the construction materials and the cement and all of those sorts of things. And it was an act of solidarity. I remember clearly with my vivid uh, mind. And it also reminded me, Paulo Freire has also talked about solidarity. Solidarity entails the recognition that liberation is a collective project that requires dialogic participation and a critical consciousness of how both the oppressor and the oppressed are bound together through power relations. And uh, at this point, it got me thinking of one of the questions that I asked one of my friends. Actually, she asked me the question. Her name is Carolina. She works in Colombia. She's a teacher. And uh, Carolina asked me that question because she's coming from a very privileged family in Colombia, although her mother and her parents have been non-privileged, but now she is in a privileged position. So she asked me a bunch of questions. And one of those questions is, what does this mean, solidarity between elite and all elite marginalized peoples? 
right? What is that? What does that? What does that mean? And then it's related a little bit to what Paulo Freire is saying. Is it really a dialogic participation and a critical consciousness of how both the oppressor and the oppressed are bound together through power relations? Is it really? And then here is the question: Is it possible to create a bridge between both sides, or? It's just the fa it's just how it is, and then we cannot talk about solidarity um, coming from privilege to unprivilege or from unprivilege to privilege. Uh, is it possible to create solidarity then? So to answer Carolina's question about can be possible or not to be in solidarity with the elite people or the oppressor. I am not necessarily going to say yes or not, but I think the elite or the privileged need to recognize first the privilege that they have and ask questions such as, what am I going to do with the privilege that I have to support those who don't have? In other words, how can I be in solidarity with the others? And there are numerous, numerous things that you can do to help people out there. And I'm not going to give you any examples today, but if you have an example, how could a privileged person, a rich person, a white person, a person who have means, can how a person helps? And I'm going to give you the example that um, Carolina gave me in one of my many conversations. She said, my mom owns a restaurant. And she obviously hires marginalized people to work in the restaurant. And then she's still paying them the salary, given the circumstances, to those who have been working with her. And there is a moment in which they run out of money. So what are they going to do? So that's, that's a question that we'd all be asking. And I don't have necessarily an answer today to her question. But at least we put it out there for folks who can maybe start uh, challenging or, or problematizing this idea. So continuing with the idea of uh, the conceptualization um, reminded me that Carolina also provided her own concept of solidarity. Well. Mm, when thinking about solidarity, I think that it's hard for me to separate it from my idea of togetherness and unity of purpose linked to the fact that I'm a teacher and I do believe in social justice. And I think that creating and empowering communities, it's a great way to change um uh, societies and uh, individuals. I think that solidarity uh, in nowadays world means, yeah, togetherness, coming, uh, building a group, being part of something, part of something that goes be beyond like just the fact that, oh, I'm going to help others, but it's more like I'm going to be with others and be as in totally being you know like 
sharing thoughts, working together, uh, dialoguing, you know, like conversations within people, all that, it's part of solidarity. Solidarity is thinking about the other, but also about the relationship, uh, the bridge, you know, between the other and me and how this bridge and how this link linking uh you know like this grouping uh can help work towards a better world uh less divided uh less unequal and uh a place where we can stop thinking about privilege and unprivileged but thinking about everyone having the same opportunities So it's very interesting what she had to say because somehow that's what I'm trying to challenge or problematize in my podcast today. What is the difference between what people on the ground say, what solidarity is, and what the scholars have to say? So um, Campos uh, has an essay in 1995, and the essay says something related to um, what solidarity is and talks about uh, a border pedagogy of solidarity seems to conflate solidarity with empathy. So in general terms, solidarity refers to particular types of social relations between individuals as well as groups. As such, solidarity is used in reference to a vast range of social phenomena, from social cohesion to social movements, from political to civic organizations, from religious duty to racial obligation, etc. But the idea of empathy comes into place. So now solidarity refers to how can I, I can be empathetic to the other, right? Well, on the other hand, Bayard talks about that solidarity denotes the emotional cohesion between the members of these social movements and the mutual support they give each other in the battle for common goals. Right, So the idea that solidarity means is how can you and me can work together to benefit each other for common goals. So in other words, if I were to answer Carolina's question, how can the elite and non-elite can work together for a common goal? I sort of doubted that could work and may and may not work, but we'll see if that could be possible. Right. So Bayard also continues talking about that solidarity is now comprehended as a mutual attachment between individuals encompassing two levels, a factual level of actual common ground between the individuals and a normative level of mutual obligations to aid each other as and when should be necessary. So it got me thinking if the elite or the oppressor do not have common ground with the with the non-elite or the poor people, then how is that we're going to be working in solidarity, right? Or maybe we have to move on into the idea of just let's be in solidarity when it's necessary. I doubt it that we have to do, uh, you know, exercise this idea of solidarity only when it's necessary. I would say we always have to be in solidarity with those who have been at the margins, indigenous people, Uh, people of color, people in the LGBTQ community, people who have um, accessibility 
and disability issues, etc. So it might work. I'm always in solidarity with those folks who are at the margin. So the question that we must ask is, is this an obligation? Do we have to do this? I think we, you know, you cannot push other people to do something they don't want. So we need to motivate or spark people's ideas to work towards being solidarity with the others. So Bayard's again in 1999 has proposed four different uses of the term in relation to morality, society, liberation, and the welfare state. So Bayer's demonstrates both the premises as well as the limitation of these four uses of the terms, and he argues, for instance, that human solidarity is based on the idealized human moral community that does not properly account for anti-solidarity feelings and actions between humans. So it got me thinking, all of this is uh, a lot of academic words. So I decided to ask my friend Roxana, what do you mean by solidarity? Is it really, is it really something related to human moral community? Is it really uh, related to how we feel as humans and relate to each other and support to each other? So let's hear what she has to say about what solidarity means for her. Solidarity for me is the freedom that you accomplish because of love. Uh, I feel that in community, community solidarity can only be accomplished if, if it comes from a place of love, respect, and humanity. And all of that together can make people to, you know, access to the freedom that they want to access to. Well, thank you so much for those words, Roxana, because it's always about me realizing what our community is about, right? So that freedom that you talk about because of love. And you have infused the idea of love here. And love is related to, to humanity, right? So in other words, if we love each other, we support each other, we are in solidarity, we, that would be better. And that's what I've seen in this pandemic state, in these uh, uncertain times, darkest times, is love. I can see how love has been sort of expanded. Now we send messages, now we uh, call our parents, family, relatives, boyfriends, girlfriends, parents, partners. We express more love right now because it seems that this is the only thing that we have. Solidarity, in a sense, is an awareness of shared interests, objectives, standards, and sometimes I believe the sympathies creating a sense of unity of groups, of classes, despite the difference. It's about appreciating, celebrating those differences. And think, I think this is one of the key aspects of solidarity, right? The idea of appreciating the difference and celebrating that difference. So in other words, we as educators and researchers, how can we use our megaphone to amplify those differences and celebrate those differences, right? So it got me thinking, what is solidarity in the eyes of my fellow Latinx people and others? 
So I also asked my friend Claudio from Chile about what solidarity in relation with community is, right? And this is what he has to say. Um, I am not well versed in the conceptualization of these words, but to me, solidarity and community are two words and two core words embedded in pedagogy and which make pedagogy possible as well. Um, as far as I understand, and I am aware of the, of the existence of types of solidarity, depending on how we approach the term, um, but in my reading, I see solidarity as a political form of resistance, since being solidary in these awkward times we are experiencing is kind of literally an act of rebellion to me. We're supposed to, you know, focus and save ourselves and not others. And in, in that sense, I guess, solidarity is inherently collective, uh, meaning it is grounded on, on notion, notions of community and collective support. Um, well, nowadays being confined in our homes is an act of community and at the same time is an act of solidarity. And I guess we need to deeply acknowledge the, the work of Ruben Gastambide Fernandez, and, and since he is a, a very important referent to, to talk about these, these two words, I guess. So I'm glad that Claudio brought up the topic and the idea of solidarity in and community embedded in what we call pedagogy or a pedagogy of solidarity as a political form of resistance an act of rebellion, right? Focusing not only on ourselves, on others, but in our interdependency, right? And so what he says is like, definitely we all as community has to be helping each other and supporting each other to overcome this coronavirus out there. Because if we don't have each other, who's gonna help us, right? So to finish up and wrap up a little bit of my thoughts today related to solidarity, I, I've seen different examples out there in terms of uh, solidarity. Like when I go out for grocery shopping, I can see how others are being helping elders or seniors to carry on the groceries. Um, I have seen friends helping out dropping bags of food for homeless shelters, for example, cooking food for uh, different organizations, raising money, etc. I have seen Facebook groups, Instagram, Twitch, and TikTok right now doing a lot of uh, things going on out there to, you know, even singing a song or playing their music to comfort others out there on the network. So those are acts of solidarity, right? Even sending comfort messages to family and friends using WhatsApp messaging, etc., sharing information to others, sometimes posting photos and messages can alleviate the pain of others. So there are many things that have been done in terms of how we can, how we can be in solidarity sometimes posting news and information for others to be informed, right? Not necessarily I'm talking about fake news, 
but how can we share important information about how can we get tested or how can we have some access to funds in these times, right? And we send it to people. So it is important, especially for those who don't have the means or the knowledge to get all of this information, we send it out. Another good example that I'm very proud of is I belong to a community of artists. Uh, it's called Muse Community. So we were supposed to do a festival or multicultural festival called Happening Multicultural Festival. And because of the coronavirus, we won't be able to meet in person. As I was saying before, we will not. So we have sort of moved that to a to a, what we call a live uh, event. And this year, the, the theme is that exactly what we're talking about, the power of community. And I want to shout out a, a, a greeting to my friends at the Happening Multicultural Festival this year, because as they say, it's about community, there's going to be lots of arts, panels, conversations, worship, performances online. And I love it when they talk about one of their goals is about to rebuild our social fabrics. Right? And peace in our society. To engage communities meaningful and actively with hands-on and high-quality arts, education integrated to issues of social justice. They also like to collaborate with national and international institutions and artist-run centers and organizations in order to improve access and visibility for emerging artists and to promote the integration of those art, uh, arts into society with uh, the lens of social justice. So this is a good example how can organization can help out and be in solidarity with those who are at the margins, in this case, immigrants, refugees, people of color, etc. you name it. So this is solidarity. Also, since solidarity seems to be in relation to community, we can also can say that or argue that solidarity is an act of decolonization, right? It's an, and, and like uh, Ruben Gastambide was saying earlier, it is an act of colon de decolonization. Or like uh, my friend America Land says, the industrialization of humanity. So in other words, solidarity coupled with community is how we're going to deindustrialize humanity because humanity has been focusing, producing uh, goods. And now hope, I hope that with this quarantine and I hope that it, uh, at the end of these uncertain times, we ask ourselves, how are we going to move forward, right? How are we going to move forward in a post-capitalist era? But not necessarily in a, in a post-capitalist era, economic era or technologic era, but how are we going to get out of here more humane or more human than human, in which we are all in relation to others, to our communities, in relation to the living and non-living beings, to the water, to the water, to the land, the universe, and why not the spirit? So let's remember that each of us is part of the human family and we are all interconnected and interdependent. 
So solidarity becomes a recognition that we are in this. We are all in this together. And it is a commitment to the strengthened community and to promote a just society. Solidarity in the end is to listen and understand. Yet that does not mean that agreeing that is another word or another step, but solidarity is to take to heart what someone is saying. Solidarity is to reach out a hand. Solidarity is to stand by someone. Solidarity is finding and creating moral and ethical points of views, right? So in order to finish this part, let me back up a little bit to the pots and pans in which I started this podcast today because the pots and pans at 7.30 p.m. every day is the mere act of solidarity in which I'm sending the message out of the world, out in the world, I am with you. I cannot be at the front lines, but I'm with you and I want everybody to be with you. So the message at the end of the day today in this podcast for you and for everybody out there is what can I do to be in solidarity with those who are at the margins? What can I do from the little things that I can do? Can I do something? Is there something I can do to help and support those others? It could be one little thing. It could be a big thing. But let's work together to finish this. Let's work together. We are in this together as a community, as human beings, to promote social justice for all. Thank you very much. My name is Yusid Ortega and this is Chasing Encounters. I'll see you next time.